Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Do you want to know what my first thing is? Yes. Do you like that shit? Do you like that shit? <laughs> you didn't first expect I that to do shit. Small wonder. No, no, no. This is quick in the dead style, baby. <laughs> you saw me over here. You're like, hi, welcome to the. It's begun. We're in it. We were downstairs and we were having a frank talk about how the show's becoming a little bit longer runtime. I made a suggestion. Rachel said, "Well, the you know sometimes you do sort of a freestyle scat intro." And it's fun. She said, it's fun and funny, and the people love it, and I love participating <laughs> in it. Um, but it goes on for about 15 minutes. Yeah. And here I am doing the damn thing again, aren't I? Small wonder. Shit. Do you have any? Uh, got a new hat. Yeah. Went to a Houston Astros game with my boys, and mm-hmm. um, had just sort of a fun weekend outing last weekend, and uh, remembered that I can't drink alcohol anymore with my 31 year old body um but i did get a new hat at the game and it's a nice hat and uh i like it a lot and the minute Maid park where the houston astros play baseball is indoors Mm -hmm. and it should be a legal requirement that all athletic uh place places venues have roofs roofs is that the plural (laughs) they should have roofs on them because damn middle of summer baseball game but not sweating just through my clothes is the, an absolute treat. Also there, they have what's called the Torchies party deck where they have just like Torchies tacos like there. And it's like a little deck that people can hang out in and sit in chairs and get table service and watch a baseball game. It was the ideal way to, it's the Alamo draft house of watching baseball games. It was so fucking <laughs> choice. Um, so that, uh, I don't know. There's new Hearthstone expansion out. That's good. It's a good little card game. I don't know if I've talked about it before, but. I feel like you have. I maybe have. Maybe just to me. <laughs> I really just like all of Blizzard's games. They're, they're the game developer who made that in World of Warcraft, um, which I also got a code for the new, they, a new expansion for that also came out uh, yesterday. Uh, and so I dabbled in that and then got kind of terrified at how big that game has gotten. But I just appreciate that these games have run for so fucking long and they're so fucking big. And I just like that there's this developer out there making these huge games. Um Yeah. A lot to be grateful for this yeah. week. What do you got, that small wonder-wise? Yeah. I was just going to say kimchi. Kimchi's really good. Mm-hmm. It's like... Um, it's, it's like a fermented cabbage. 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 This fermented cabbage. <laughs> it's spicy. Spicy. You ate it with ribeye. Uh, no, yes, we get it from a place called Cilantro uh, very frequently, mm-hmm. which is like mm-hmm. a... Well, how would you even like Korean... Mech- Tex-Mex. Yeah, it's it's like a fusion. fusion. Um, which, as you can imagine, Korea and Mexico and Tex- Texas get together and form a sort of army against my stomach because none of their <laughs> foods are known for being especially gentle to me. But holy shit, they have kimchi fries. Mm-hmm. They got cheese and like special sauce on them. And like you can get ribeye, like beef and stuff in there too. Or you can get that shit inside a burrito, a kimchi fry burrito. It's out of control. It's you can so get good. it in a burrito? Oh my God. Yeah. Did you not know that? I did not know yeah, that. Yeah. I had one of those actually when it was still just a food truck. It used to just be a food truck. And so I got it while oh. I was covering, um, I think, uh, like South by Southwest Gaming. So I was downtown and I got it. And I was like, uh oh, I have to go home right now. And I missed an interview. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a real good one. It's a classic. So uh, first up this week is Rachel McElroy. Rachel McElroy, what is your first topic of discussion? She's 5'4". Hey. Weighing pounds. <laughs> right? Ack. Coming in with her first thing. Here she comes. What, what would your intro music be at a baseball? At a baseball-like game? Come on, try a little. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that a joke I used to make? Oh, was it? I think so. Oh. <laughs> I think I was trying to think of like the most inappropriate song. Oh, no. That was from your great bit about uh, MTV's Next. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that was such a good bit. Man. <laughs> I'm a pretty funny lady. You really are. But what's your intro song? My intro song. Yeah. Uh, oh, maybe Ace of Base. I saw the sign. Oh, that's fun. I feel like I swear to God, I feel like I've heard that as a oh, baseball. Oh, really? Yeah. Not at like the majors, but like I feel like at a Round Rock Express game, I've heard yeah. somebody come out to <laughs> that or All That She Wants Is Another Baby. <laughs> well, that'd be a strange one, I think. Sure. I mean, so is I saw the sign, but what's your first thing? Yearbooks. Yearbooks. Yeah. Almost lost time my yearbooks. That's true. We cleaned, when we were emptying out our house, yeah, emptied out our garage and 
uh, I was like, I'm going to do one last pass. And I found a box with like all my yearbooks in it. That would have been tragic mm-hmm. or good because I didn't, I'm, I don't age well in those, those old books. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, obviously there's a lot in my old yearbooks that I would not share, you know, globally. I've seen some, I mean, obviously the star of your yearbooks is not you, unfortunately. Yeah. I was wondering if you were going to bring that up. Rachel has a yearbook from, what was this? High school? Oh, yeah, it's my senior year of high school. Senior year of high school. She went to school with a gentleman named Jerron uh, Vale. Yes. Um, and there's a picture of him, and he looks just dapper and happy and smiling. Yeah. And uh, underneath, they left off his first name, so it just says Vale. And it's so <laughs> mysterious. And every time I go to the, your, your parents' house, I always take a picture. It's so magical. <laughs> what do you like about your books, though? Uh, so I like that they're little time capsules, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I also like the whole process of, of the signing of the yearbook, you know, I like, I like reading those old notes. One of my friends when I was in high school, uh, cause you know, you're so concerned about like losing touch with everybody when you graduated. Uh, he wrote his social security number in my yearbook. (laughs) (laughs) So if I wanted to steal his identity now, I could. Yeah, that's fun. It's a nice little side business you've got going on there. I don't think I ever got anybody to sign any of my yearbooks. When did they give them out? Did they give them end out? End of the year. End of the year. Like very, very end? Like pretty, last Pretty close school? to the end. Because we got them a few weeks out, so oh, you had I time. See. Yeah. I don't remember. I just, I don't think I got any. I still like yearbooks a lot, did though. Did you sign anyone else's? Yes. I do remember signing somebody else's. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that... In that exchange, you said, oh, yeah, I'll sign yours. Yeah. And then you just held yours close to your chest. <laughs> yeah, I think it probably was not that I was unpopular. I think it was that I was too afraid to ask. Um, but, yeah, I definitely signed some yearbooks. Did you ever work on the yearbook club? No, I didn't. I did newspaper. I didn't do yearbook. I did. And I think that there, there is a type of person that works in the yearbook club, and it is a type of person who would very much like to be in the yearbook, but knows that they have no other way of making it in the yearbook. So other what did than you decide. do? Like, what was your role in the club? Uh, I mean, mostly like taking, I, I remember we had an old digital camera that you would actually put a whole fucking floppy disk into to take a picture <laughs> and you could save like eight at a time. So I'd go to like different club meetings and take candid photos. Oh, and so stuff you didn't like do that. like layout. You I just... also did layout. Oh, yes. Wow. Mostly of like the club section. Did there you, were a lot of people in there. Did though. you have a title where you like associate? No, editor? I don't think it was anything that formal, but I did definitely put a lot of theater club picks in there. Maybe more <laughs> than it was weighted. Certainly. <laughs> In that direction. <laughs> uh, there's a fun picture of me a senior year um, digging for like a campus cleanup situation. Oh. Uh, and you can very clearly see the wallet in my back pocket because I was not a fan of purses. Oh, that's so badass. Yeah, I know. There's definitely one of me in theater club wearing a big milkshake costume. <laughs> so that's cool. Let me tell you about your book. Please, I'm waiting for you to. Uh, so the very first yearbook is credited to, uh, George K. Warren, who was a early American photographer working and living in Boston. He capitalized on the ability to take a single negative to produce many images, which was a relatively new technology in, uh, 1860. Does that mean like you, a roll of of Nate, like an actual roll of film right like it's yeah. it's yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah uh and he would persuade students to buy multiple copies and share them with their friends and then a lot of these people would go on to uh bind these images into a book what around what time was this 1860 oh fuck that was a long time ago yeah yeah, yeah. uh and then i found an atlantic article from June 2018 called Why Do People Sign Yearbooks? Why do they, though? Uh, and so they're basically they just went through like decades on decades of yearbooks, uh, starting in 1914 uh, in East St. Louis. Oh, wow. And they talk about how in the uh, early 20th century, people would write rhyming poems. Like little limericks in there? Yeah. Do you want? Do you want to hear a couple? Sure. Yeah, I would love to hear this like freestyle heat that these nineteen fourteen people were this dropping. This one is so reserved and removed. I really enjoy it. Uh, remember me early. Remember me late. Remember I am an old schoolmate. <laughs> oh, that's so good. 
Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm never going to say the word best friend again. I'm only going to say old school mate. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry. Is it old schoolmate or is yes. it old? Okay. <laughs> I thought it was like, I'm an old school mate. Uh, when the future is present and the present is past, may the light of our friendship burn bright to the last. Burn bright. Burn bright. I would write like burn bright in your ass. Have a good summer. Oh, we'll get to those ribald entries oh, a little shoot. bit later. Let's go. Let's go. Not later now. I want it. Um. <laughs> uh, so then, it, so by the 1940s, people were signing their their year, like junior or senior, okay. with their name, uh, which I thought was interesting. Uh, and then in the uh, 60s and 70s is when you started to see like love everywhere, oh, like nice. love so and so, which was not. So a this this was breaking down the the actual like content of the messages. structure the syntax yeah. of, of messages yeah. throughout time that's interesting i bet that's a really fascinating way of sort of tracking sort of yeah to the, see like the common messages the yeah. sociological progression of like school-aged people mm-hmm. in in the u.s throughout the throughout the 20th century yeah, we're talking about during the great depression it just became popular to just eat, do, the, eat the yearbooks no <laughs> that's not funny rachel hey that's not funny to just do a signature next to your photo and they, they like speculate that it's because of ink shortages. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Also because they probably had lots of other stuff kind of popping at that point. Also, if there's an ink shortage, like how are they printing yearbooks? Also, who's buying fucking yearbooks <laughs> yeah, in the right. Great Depression? <laughs> Who wants to be like, mm, never want to forget these great days? <laughs> uh, so in the seventies is when you get to the, uh, the dirty the, stuff, the, the well, Dirty. Come is, on, come on, come on! Don't you hold back now. This is a taste thing here. Let me, let me. So they're all plays on roses or red, violets or blue. Oh, nice! <laughs> Give me that nasty stuff. Get ready? Yes. Roses are red, violets are blue. When I take out the garbage, I think of you. Oh man, that was such a letdown. Get them, get them, get them. I mean, get them. Yeah, but still, dang. Roses are red, violets are blue. Toilets were made for people like you. Oh, that one's a little better. And I don't know if they're talking about like you're a dookie person or <laughs> if they're talking about someone like me who does need a toilet. <laughs> Technically, toilets were made for all of us, but nice try. Uh, this is also when the acronym started. Okay. I don't know what that means. So if I said H A K A S to you, H A K A S? Yeah. Have a kick-ass summer? Okay, good. Okay. I wasn't sure if you were No, I, yeah. I, I mean, I say kick-ass all the time, so. Um, there were some others I didn't know, like R-H-T-S. R-H-T-S. Really hate to split. Oh, that one's good. It's actually raise hell this summer. Raise hell this summer? That's not good. <laughs> Anarchy! Get them. <laughs> Uh, trash a Starbucks, go. I guess this is the 70s, if so you like, <laughs> trash a, you know, a Piggly Wiggly. And then they talk about how in the 90s, people used to write in the spine and say the first to sign your crack. Oh, I definitely did that. Oh, Griffin. I love it. A little stinker. It's so good. <laughs> and then there was also, was up with a carrot sign or like an arrow instead of the up. And then people would respond NMH. Nodding my head? No. N- well, that would be K. <laughs> or would it? Nodding? Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. You know, I'm not going to delete that, too. It's the rough, <laughs> the worst part about it. That's, that's too bad. Um, no, it would be not much here. Okay. So be like, what's up? Not much here. Okay, that doesn't, no. No, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that I was somebody, somebody was pranking uh, whoever wrote this article. Uh, and then also people would write uh, that their signature was going to be worth a lot of money. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So things have really fallen apart. That's <laughs> basically what you're saying. That was fun. That was a fun little trip trip down memory lane. Yeah. I, I am disappointed that you don't have more yearbook stories. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I just liked them. I liked having a collection of 
of of memories of school but like if i'm being completely honest i don't want to get like a bummer on our upper show but like i didn't have the best <laughs> school experience and i wasn't I like some of the best things about yearbooks are looking at other people's yearbooks yeah when i think about it i am more excited to look at your books oh than, always than i am like my own yeah for sure i think that i if you if you were the type of person who like high school or even middle school we had middle school yearbooks uh was like a really great time we did for too you. we had middle school yearbooks which was awful um <laughs> if that was like a really great time for you then i think that it's like a nice a nice little treasure trove of of memories because there's a lot of pictures of you you know in in your prime or at the very least like having having good good times and it's not like my high school experience was miserable it's just like i was very under the radar so what if i said l y L-A-S. Love you like a sister. Don't even step to me on that. <laughs> Do you want to hear my first thing? Yes. Uh, my first thing is, and I won't, this is probably going to be a pretty short segment because it's brand new. We've only seen two episodes of it because there's only two episodes of it. There'll be three actually by the time this comes out. New show called Making It. Y'all, holy shit. Uh, I think maybe we talked about it in somebody's submission or something uh, last last week, maybe. Well, a lot of people have been tweeting it at us, too. Okay, yeah, y'all, exactly. Yes, you crushed it. This is, of course, this is, a, us. This is the fucking perfect <laughs> storm of, like, things that we're into. And I remember hearing about this show, like, last year when it was yeah, greenlit and thinking, yeah. like, oh, my God, this is going to be my favorite show ever. I feel like during the Super Bowl or something, they maybe. did, like, a teaser. Yeah, and, and now here it is, and it's like, yeah. oh, yes, this is very good. So making it is, uh, and again, there's only two episodes of it, so, like get on board catch the wave now please don't let this thing get canceled that would be heartbroken uh it's a reality competition show where uh competitors who are like different sort of crafty people who work in different mediums so like a woodworker and a paper craft person and uh somebody who works with felt and <laughs> uh all, all of these different sort of disciplines come together and they compete in these different crafting challenges sort of a la great british bake-off uh so similar very similar like they are participating in this competition in this like verdant farm that is so picturesque and very very quaint um and the show is hosted by amy poehler and nick offerman who are both incredible and you have seen them together on parks and recreation which is probably the greatest tv sitcom ever made uh and it is so very nice to see the two of them together yeah. in any regard and they are most so people, good in this one. most people that know both of them a little bit know that nick offerman is like a self-described maker and very talented with woodworking yes i think anybody would describe him that way he made a he wrote i haven't read it but he wrote a book called build your own boat um and they show his boat his canoe that he has made paddle your own canoe it is it's <laughs> paddle your own canoe <laughs> build your own boat is um <laughs> If you're going to leave in my, my K Yeah, I'll leave that one in. Um, yeah, Build Your Own Boat is actually my sort of knockoff book that I wrote. I got him confused because I, <laughs> I, I've spent all year working on this um, sort of uh, DIY unofficial fan book of his book that I haven't read. Um, but yes, he's a very crafty person. Amy Poehler is a self-described not just crafter. not crafter at all <laughs> uh, and so it's fun watching her learn and she's actually very enthusiastic and in, in the two episodes i said like wow actually I'm, I'm learning a lot of things about woodworking or paper craft or or whatever i will also say it did not go unnoticed by me that she wore overalls in the first two episodes it's uh yes rachel definitely commented <laughs> on that um i was kind of curious how they were going to balance this show right because there's everybody's works in different fields um, and if there was a challenge that was like, you know, make a wooden sculpture, then the, the person who works with paper is like, okay, well, shit. Um, the way that they get around that is by having pretty broad categories for the, the, uh, the different competitions, uh, in a way that I think is really, really clever. Um, so there's, there's every episode, there are two sort of challenges. The first one is called the faster craft where they only have like a couple hours to make something. And then there is the master craft, which is much more, uh, in depth and detailed and sort of the expectations are much higher. And the types of things that they will ask you to build aren't like, you know, make a, this wooden sculpture. It's like make a fort. And then with a fort, like with, with something as broad as that, like you could make it out of anything. Um, and seeing like the way that these different artisans 
like use their different mediums to like fulfill the requirements of the challenge are really it's really exciting to watch like this is what i'm talking about it being the perfect storm and i think we've talked about this like our fascination with craft videos and yeah. people making things we talked about kiwami japan uh who just made a new video where he makes a knife out of potatoes and then uses it to cut a potato it's so choice <laughs> like that's something we're really into right now we love parks and rec we love reality competitions and we love like we love like nice shows. We love like yeah. nice reality competition well, shows. Well, and also they kind of poke fun at the way that those shows are dramatized often. Like there's a lot of riffing between Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman about like the the heightened mood in the room. Yes. Uh trying to kind of poke fun at the way reality shows try to build that tension. But it's a really sweet-tempered show like they uh, after every challenge, the the winner gets a little merit badge, and mm-hmm. everybody's so excited to get the little merit badges, and everybody's just really, really friendly, even when somebody makes some real shit. Uh, <laughs> Amy and Nick and the two judges who are on the show are usually very sort of forgiving of it and sort of don't want to dunk on the person, which yeah. is like so much... God, I like that so much better than the they alternative. They also do this thing where the eliminated contestant like kind of joins them at the very end of the episode mm-hmm. to kind of, I guess, show there's no hard feelings. Yeah, it's they're like sweet. sitting on a porch, like drinking tea. There's also like cutaway segments where Amy and Nick are uh, doing just random goofy stuff, like trying oh. to have a, a competition to see who can think of the most uh, craft-based puns. Oh my gosh, that's so good. It's so choice. Um, there's just something about this like positive... I mean, it's also a great idea for a show, right? Like... We've had so many cooking shows, and I really like watching some of those because it's cool to watch food go from base components to, like, uh, you know, fancy meals. And I don't know that I've ever seen a show like this where it's it's not food that you're making, but it's, like, cool forts or uh, a cool terrarium or something along those lines. Well, and so far, the challenges have been really personal. Like, they've asked the contestants to make something that's, like, representative of of them and their experience and their interests. So you're like learning a little bit about everybody too, which is neat. Yeah. So it's a good idea for like a competitive show, but also just like that positive vibe. Like, and there's, I think there's uh, a few shows like this now, like British Bake Off and Queer Eye, which is not really a competition show. Uh, Nailed It, I think was yeah. a big, big contributor contributor to this where it's just like, they're nice to each other and they have fun and it's a competition, but it's like a kind of a, you know they're they're very sweet about it and yeah it's more about enjoying the experience i was trying to think because it it does feel like there's more of those shows and maybe it's just because we uh have been watching just so much terrace house and while not a competition show again it's still kind of that good vibes feeling show if if like are we getting back to with with shows like this are we getting back to like uh, earlier days of reality television where things weren't so mean. Or what I think is actually the case is there never was a good old days of reality television where everybody was nice. Yeah. Like when it started out, it was like Survivor, which has definitely gotten more well, cutthroat. there was less manipulation. I think that's what we're noticing. The Maybe. shows we like, there's less intervention. It's, yeah. It's more like people being celebrated for who they are instead of trying to push them to their brink. Yeah. Know? But even like... Season one of Survivor had like the big betrayal at the end, which yeah. I still remember, and the the speech about the woman saying, "I if you were dying in the desert, I wouldn't yeah. give you." And then there was like uh, real world, like I think the thing that a lot of people remember about that show are the fights and like American Idol. People just liked it when Simon Cowell like went went yeah. ham on. Like I don't think it was ever like nice. I don't think it was ever like no, that's sweet true. and kind. And so it's I don't know. It's nice to see like things moving, and at, at least for these this small handful of shows moving in that direction. And yeah. Uh, that's why I really want you to watch this show one because I really enjoy it and I don't know if there's a market for a crafting yeah. competition they have it at uh, it comes on uh, on NBC Tuesdays at 10 9 central which is not I don't think this the the sweet spot but I don't know yeah. um, so please watch it and um, I will uh, give you three dollars whoa Griffin I won't <laughs> I have no way of enforcing that can I steal you away Boop-a-doop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-bo
I knew you were going to do that. I kind of wanted to pretend like we had never committed to the home improvement stinger and just change stream. <laughs> um, it can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people, you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. Uh, you want some gumbo troms? Yeah, and Jumbotrons. This Gumbotron is uh, me telling you to go check out lighterthanair.com. It's free. It's a free website. And I have to be explicitly clear here. Air... It's not spelled the way that you think it is. It's a clever, clever word switcheroo. Instead of A-I-R, it's H-E-I-R, like heir to the throne. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's lighter than hair, but it's not hair. <laughs> There's just no, it's fun. It's a fun sort of homonym, but it's tough to do over an audio medium. But anyway, Lighter Than Air <laughs> is a webcomic about a young woman named Zeppelin who joins the military in an effort to upstage her war hero father. Also, she can fly because her dad could. <laughs> Don't question it. The story follows Zeppelin and her fellow recruits as they make their way through boot camp before becoming embroiled in an international conflict that leads to war. Featuring a manga-inspired art style, there's over 600 pages of adventure, conflict, and comedy in the archives of lighter than com. And then, if you don't know AP style, it's T-H-A-N. A lot of people are going to goof that one up, too. So... I'm just going to spell the whole URL, <laughs> L-I-G-H-T-E-R-T-H-A-N-H-E-I-R.com. Go check it the fuck out. Here's another message. This one's for Kim, and it's from Matt, who says, Happy birthday, Kimberly Wimberly Woo. Sorry to call you by your mom's favorite nickname for you. That sounds like it takes a long time to deliver when you're shouting it up some stairs because you've stepped on a Lego. But I'm not going to... That made you sound like you're eight. They probably haven't done this anyway. Um, but I'm not going to throw away my jumbo, my gumbo trom slot to have our Wonder Buddies send some good vibes your way. I can't wait to call you my wife next June. And I'll, do, I'll take that again. Please do. I can't wait to call you my wife. <laughs> next june and have a wonderful road trip listening buddy for life i love you that was a really sweet message and um 
Yeah. I mean, getting married is great because you do get to do like 100% more Borat stuff. So you're going to love oh, it. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. It's the best part, that right? It is the best part. The sweetest thing. <laughs> Hello, I'm Oliver Wong, DJ, scholar, and journalist. And I'm Morgan Rhodes, music supervisor and stiletto devotee. And we host Heat Rocks, a podcast where we invite our favorite musicians, writers, and scholars to talk about the albums that have changed their lives. Morgan, what exactly is a heat rock? It's a record that's like a hot fire, combustible. Basically, just a really, really good album. We've taken a deep dive into Nigerian funk from the 70s. He kind of had like a bad reputation in, in town as just being like a sketchy dude. <laughs> and he was just making music that for thousands of miles around him, he was the only person doing anything like that. 1980s teen comedy soundtracks. This soundtrack always felt the same to me as like when I would find a, a great blazer at a thrift store that I could, and I was like, oh, this is going to be me now. We've talked about Prince, Boys to Men, Kendrick Lamar, and everything in between. Heat Rocks, every Thursday here on Maximum Fun. What's uh, number two for you, babe? My second thing is Book People. Book People's a great store. It's a great bookstore. They did a signing there. They were really sweet. They gave me lots of chai tea. <laughs> so two thumbs up from this guy. If you got to do a signing, do it at Book People. Yeah, for any future um, venues looking to book Griffin, all he needs in payment is chai tea. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't paid for this signing. I just <laughs> really did just get two cups of chai tea. So yeah, that is accurate. Book People opened in 1970. Holy shit. I did not, We should establish this is a bookstore here. Is it local to Austin or is it mm -hmm. in other places? Okay. It is local it's to Austin. It's a really great store here in Austin. Uh, and I feel like it'll it'll harken back to everybody else's personal independent bookstore that they love. Uh, definitely didn't have one of those in Huntington, but... Oh, no? No. You didn't, what about like a used bookstore? Probably. No, not that I can... I used to love going in used bookstores because they all smelled like old books. And usually there were like these piles that were totally in disarray. And so you'd discover things that you weren't expecting to find. And sometimes there was a cat... You're describing my local comic book shop that I grew up near called oh. Purple Earth, oh, okay. which is kind of like that. But um, yeah, I don't think we had a used bookstore. Not that I can think of. Wow. Yeah, I know. There probably was one. I just never Yeah, went to there it. you go. Um, yeah. Uh, so the book people used to be called Grok Books, which was taken from Robert Heinlein's Stranger in a Strange Land. G-R-O-K books? Yeah. Is that where the term grok comes from? I guess so. Have you? You've, I've heard you say it. I've never heard anyone use it conversationally. It means like it's like to understand a, a sort of yeah. jargon or uh, that's interesting. Okay, I'm learning a lot. Mm -hmm. I was started by uh, Michael Nill, who had been pursuing his PhD uh, and then dropped out of school to open the bookstore. <laughs> there was a lot of uh, turmoil going on at the university, and so he uh, he dipped and focused on the bookstore. Um, just a quick sidebar, it, that word was, did come from that book, yeah. uh, and it's in the dictionary. It's not just like the name of, of that shop, but it's in the dictionary yeah. as to understand intuitively or by empathy to establish rapport with. Interesting. Huh, cool. Uh, and so he opened Grok Books in an old house on 17th Street. Uh, him and his wife and another couple each put in $2,500 <sighs> and none of them drew a salary from the bookstore. For how long? Uh, well, after three years, he moved to New York and passed the bookstore on to some other graduate students. Interesting. Uh, and they kept kind of accumulating more inventory, uh, but not selling much of it. <laughs> and so it was about to go out of business when uh, Philip Sanson bought the inventory uh, in the early 80s. Uh, and he moved it briefly to this shopping center because he lost his lease on 17th, which makes sense given the growth of Austin. Uh, and so in keeping with the store's sci-fi tradition, he renamed it Book People as a reference to Ray Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451. The people, I guess, who have books in Fahrenheit 451 are called Book People? You know, I've actually never read that book. You've never read Fahrenheit 451? I not, no. Uh, I definitely read it in, well, wait a minute. I've read it, but it's on the banned books list, which I'm pretty sure it is. And I, I know it is, but that usually didn't stop most high schools from... Yeah, that's probably when I read it. Yeah. It's badass, man. Uh, so by the mid-90s, the store had grown to 75,000 titles and needed a bigger space. So to raise funds, Sansa reached out to his friend, the co-founder of Whole Foods. 
Oh, okay. And they were able to raise enough money to the current location at Six and Lamar next to Whole Foods in 1995. This location was 40,000 square feet. It's enormous. It's the biggest bookstore. It's the biggest bookstore in Texas. Is it really? Mm -hmm. And Texas is the biggest uh, state, and that's science, and so don't argue with me about that. (laughs) Uh, Supposedly, it's the third largest bookstore in the U.S. That's fucking wild. Yeah. Uh, It used to have uh, three stories, but then with the kind of the dawn of the Amazon online age, uh, they reduced down to two stories. At their peak, they had- That's not true. I went up to the fourth floor in that building. Oh, well, the retail space I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Because they used to have 300,000 titles in that store. Jesus Christ. And they reduced down to 180,000 to kind of meet the- I didn't know there were 300,000 books. The idea of of writing a book to me is so exhausting. The idea of 300,000 people doing that is like wild. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, throughout time, though. And did you know that there are people who write more than one book? I don't know how it's they do n- it. It's nuts, man. I don't know how they do it. Um, this is a really good bookstore. I feel like there's like something for everybody there, and it is palatial. The reason I'm bringing it up is uh, I went there on Sunday with our son, and it was like 9.30 a.m. on a Sunday, which almost nothing is open, but book people was. And the second floor is almost entirely devoted to kids' books. And so I was just able to hang out with him and look at all these different books. And there was just like tons of different types and authors and stuff that I never would have known about if I hadn't brought them there. And it was me and a bunch of other parents with their little kids like toddling around. And it was just like the most pleasant experience. There's there's a type of gratitude that Rachel and I feel towards places like this. Because this is something that they do not tell you when you are having a baby. Is that you're going to hit this weird period where they're too young to like go out and play on like a playground by themselves and climb up on things and throw a ball and you know do sports or whatever and but they're old enough that they want to like do shit and there's not that many places that can cater to that like in between well especially in austin because you know we don't have like a baseball team or like a a huge, you know, zoo or a huge aquarium. We have small zoos and small aquarium, but like nothing like to spend a whole day doing. Yeah, sure. You know, and so these little gems that are have long hours and provide a lot of entertainment are the absolute best. And I have always loved bookstores too, just because it's like I don't know, it it gives you an opportunity to learn about new things. Um that the internet doesn't really give you, I don't think, unless you know what you're looking for. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's still a lot of value to having a book in your hand yeah. and reading it. And the promise of, you know, 180,000 of those experiences just waiting for you is exciting. Obviously, yeah. you know, libraries fill the, fill, fill the same need, but I think a really nice bookstore, there's, there's a lot to be said about that too. Yeah. We definitely would go to used bookstores, like paperback bookstores, whenever we'd go on vacation. Like dad would make these little yeah. pilgrimages to them. Uh, and he would buy like a cardboard box full of paperbacks that would like tide him over for the next year. Yeah. It was adorable. Do you want to know my second thing? Yes. Okay, my second thing is a musical artist, and I I, I introduced Rachel to this band earlier today because I was pretty sure you hadn't heard of them before. I'm so fucking excited to talk about them because uh, I'm pretty sure if you haven't heard of them before, there's a good chance that they're going to be like your new jam, you listener at home listening to this now. Uh, they are a Japanese band called Wednesday Campanella. And they kick a lot of ass. They're kind of tough to categorize. There's like equal parts sort of like J-pop and electronic music and hip hop. Um, They are a trio. There's a director named Director F. It's actually D-I-R dot F, which I have to imagine is Director F and not (laughs) Durf. Um, And uh, a producer named Kinmochi Hidefume. uh, And he is the like producer of most of their music. And then there's... uh, Komuai, who is the vocalist, and she is she's also the face of the band. The other two actually kind of prefer anonymity; they never uh, appear in like their music videos or on oh, stage wow. performances. It's it's just uh, Komuai, um, who who is who is the sort of face of the band. Um, they're really eccentric. They're really fucking fresh. The music that they make is really like inventive and uh, really really catchy. They dabble in a lot of different genres. All their music videos are fucking brilliant. If you enjoy the music you're about to hear, I like totally recommend going down the rabbit hole. It's how I spent my entire day today. And it was so good because all their music videos are so fucking good. Um, so 
I originally found Wednesday Campanella through Spotify Discover, of course, uh, a few months ago uh, with this one track that I'm going to play a little bit later, but I didn't really dive too deep. I liked this one song. I added it to like my good songs playlist that I've been accumulating since I lived in Chicago um, and didn't, didn't dive any deeper until this past week. I learned that they uh, last week did a collaboration. They released a collaboration with one of my favorite electronic music groups, uh, Churches or Chiverches, who I was lucky enough. I got to see them live in Austin, I think last year. And man, they fucking rule. Uh, If you if you're not familiar, they're a they're a Scottish synth pop band. They've been around for like half a decade or so. Um, they did the song The Mother We Share, which was probably their, their biggest hit. Uh, so they have a considerable following in Japan. And so they did this song with Wednesday Campanella, uh, who, uh, Komu, I described the collaboration in a press release as Kawasaki meets Glasgow, Glasgow, Kiyoshiro Imawano, who was like this Japanese rocker, meets David Bowie, and Edamame meets Fish and Chips. <laughs> The song is really, really great. It's super. It has this great catchy hook, uh, and it has this also incredible anime music video that you should watch. Uh, it's called "Out of My Head." Uh, here's a little bit of it. So I was I was kind of reminded of how much I liked that other song I'd heard by Wednesday Campanella, which sent me down this rabbit hole of listening to their music and then learning more about them and their style. Uh, Komuai was sort of found by Director F and, and Kinmochi. They were they wanted a female vocalist for uh, this new band that they were putting together, and they met Komuai at a party. And she that's by the way not her real name. It's like a stage name. It's K O M underscore I. Oh, okay. just, yeah. Uh, and uh, she joined the band when she was in high school and she had no music experience whatsoever, which is dope. They, wow. yeah, Ken Moche talked about how uh, her voice didn't really match the, the rap that she was like delivering and that sort of dissonance would sounded really cool. And so yeah. that's why she, she got, she became like the front, the front person for this group. Um, so this is the first song I heard from them. It's called Shaka Shane. Uh, it's pretty simple. It's just like this rolling acoustic percussion with Komuai rapping over it. Uh, the rhythm of this song is just so fucking dope. And the music video is really great too. Uh, here is Shaka Shane. <laughs> So I want to talk about the lyrics to their music. The lyrics to this song, I've listened to this song a whole bunch, and the lyrics to this song are really fantastic. I found a translation online and learned that uh, Shaka Shane is all about cool things you can do when you're in Hokkaido. <laughs> uh, so the lyrics are cutting, uh, this is one section, uh, cutting through the park on the hill where you can see the whales, luminous moss in Makaosu, what's your ahead in uh, Wakanai, not disappointed, Sapporo Clock Tower, Sabina in the winter, eat up, Marachan Yakisoba Binto, a yummy Kaisen Don, lunches included, like damn, from the Ocean Observatory to meeting spotted seals for the first time, yo, Oh, man that's fucking really really good the whole song is just about all these different places in hokkaido you can go and do all this stuff and like i didn't know that because i'm not a yeah, fluent japanese course. speaker and so like finding out that this song i've been like jamming to like driving in my car like this would be like a badass like action scene movie and then finding out the lyrics are like a tourism video for <laughs> yeah, the prefecture exactly. of hokkaido is really neat and so like i was inspired to look up that translation after i sent you a link to a music video and this is for the last song i want to talk about it's called aladdin I found this song uh, yesterday and just fucking fell in love with it. It's got this dope-ass rhythm to it. I actually realized what it reminds me of. It reminds me a lot of Thriller, like the bass and rhythm of that. Uh, And the music video for this is so fucking good. Please go watch it. It's Komawai basically just freestyle dancing in a bowling alley a la Christopher Walken in the Weapon of Choice music video for like two minutes. It is... Did you enjoy it? I sent it to you and I was like, this is my favorite thing I've ever seen. Uh, Okay, so here's a little bit of the song. It's called Aladdin. (laughs) 
So I sent this music video to Rachel, and I was like, "Here's this. Here's this band, Wednesday Campanella. I want to talk about them on the show before, and I want you to 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 know their music a little bit." And she said, "This this video." And then she said, holy shit, the lyrics are amazing. And I realized that I had watched the video without closed captioning on, which has the English translation lyrics. So I turned it on and learned (laughs) that this song that is fucking like so fresh, and I've listened to it just bopping all day, is mostly about uh, abrasive cleaning products (laughs) and a home goods store. Uh, The lyrics, uh, I don't even know where to begin. Uh the Aladdin compound, giving metal a quick rub with it, makes it shine. It even gets stubborn dirt and rust off. It's almost like some kind of mysterious magic power. Let's shine up that filthy lamp over there and put it on display. Shining for you. I scrub for you. And then there's a whole, like, and then it sort of goes into, like, a description of the actual, like, uh, like Aladdin plot. Agrabah, a country of mystery and glamour. In the desert, a boy who seeks freedom and a future. A princess who's escaped the royal palace. And a spirit in a lamp. A genie. Ah! Make your rusty life sparkle. The Aladdin Home Center opens at 10 a.m. It's so fucking good. It's so fucking good. And I can't profess to understand, like, what led them to write a song about this this home goods sort of supply store and these different like, cleaning at their products concerts are people like singing along i don't know i don't know if it's ironic i will i will admit i don't know that much about like yeah. j-pop and i don't know that much about like this band i've i've only sort of been diving into them for like a day i their aesthetic is super genuinely pretty weird sometimes but in like a really cool like Kiari Pamu Pamu way like that I'm I'm very much into uh I don't know like I don't know why this song about abrasive cleaning products in this home goods store <laughs> is like my fucking favorite song of the the year that I've heard um but it's just so good uh I don't really have a, a lot to add except like the act of I talked about like discovering a new favorite thing and this yeah. has been that because I I heard this this collaboration. This is yesterday. I was walking through the grocery store with my with my earbuds in, and I was listening to this new church's track with with Wednesday Campanella. I was like, "Oh shit, Wednesday Campanella!" I remember them. Uh, went back, dug into their music, loved it. Then dug into their music videos all day today and loved it. And then I dug into their lyrics and loved it. And it just keeps coming at me in waves and waves and waves, <laughs> like of how fucking great this thing is and how much I like it. Seriously, go dig in. There's one called uh, Kamehameha the Great that's all about like. She turns into like a golden turtle at one point and spits eggs out of her mouth. Like all the music videos are so dope and the song's really good. Anyway, that's Wednesday Campanella. They're the best. Um, do you want to hear some submissions from our friends at home? Yes. Natalie says, I live in Chicago and ride the L, aka the subway to work every day. Is the L just all the trains or is it one specific? I thought like the, is it the red line or the brown line is the, they're all, they're they're all all the L. Okay. Uh, it doesn't happen frequently, but sometimes when two trains pass each other going in opposite directions, the train conductors will honk at each other in a cute call and response often, uh, with the second conductor mimicking the pattern of the first. I find it really wonderful that the train conductors have this fun, uh, have this fun on their tough jobs. Uh, and seeing this exchange always brightens my commute and reminds me to stay playful while living life in the big city. Oh, that's nice. I don't think I ever noticed that when I lived there. did either i i mean i was always jamming to my zune when i was traveling uh, <laughs> on the public transit in chicago um here's one from emily who says something i find wonderful is that blast of cool air you get when you walk into a hotel room for the first time i typically am only in hotels during the summertime and it's so refreshing i like that too i mean there's nothing better than walking into a ho- hotel room the first time i know in so many d- different sort of sense experiences like oh it's nice. Oh, this is where I'm going to be staying. Or at the very least, like, oh, I'm so fucking tired. Or, oh, I've been waiting to check I in for so long. I run to the bathroom to see what quality shampoo is in there. Do you really? I do. Oh, yeah, man. I'm always curious. Like, is my hair going to get a treat while I'm here? I've been in so many hotels <laughs> at this point. And uh, going going into one and having it be like a nice hotel. And I'm not like picky. But like one that's like nicer than I deserve is always such a like <laughs> always such a like delightful surprise. You are picky about the pillows, though. I mean, yeah. We stayed in an Airbnb when we went to this Houston trip. Yeah, yeah. what was the pillow situation? One, one, one pillow, one Griffin. bad pillow. And so I went and I raided the couch, couch and I yeah. took the pillows from the couch, <laughs> uh, even though one of our friends was sleeping on the couch. I did a sort of discreet maneuver, but he caught me. And I stole two pillows and I was like, all right, I'll bring them back. But I only brought back one. What's up? Uh-oh. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Uh, here's one more from Jason who says, My wonderful thing is people saying the F word in PG-13 movies. Most are allowed one, and it's always fun to hear when you don't see them coming. 
I love this. Did you know this in PG-13 movies, you can say one F? I feel like I heard that a long time ago, but I've forgotten about it. And where do you cash it in? That, that That's what I'm excited about. Where do you cash in your F? I don't know. It's exciting to me. <laughs> it's exciting because you watch the whole movie and you're like, I know it's PG-13. Where's the F? Here it comes. <gasps> nope. Nope. Not yet. But they close it out. I think I haven't really thought about it as I'm watching a movie. Okay. Well, now I've changed your whole life. I know. Now I'm going to think about it. Hey, thank you for listening to Wonderful. This has been a lot of fun, and I hope you enjoyed it. And thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Maximum. Yeah. Thank you to MaximumFun.org for hosting our show and hosting a bunch of other really great shows. Uh, Inside Pop is a good one. Hey, yeah. Friendly Fire is a good one. Sure. And there's so many more. Yeah, all at MaximumFun.org. Uh, if you want to hear other shows we do, it's at McElroyShows.com. And uh, if you want tickets to like live shows or signings, or we got some stuff on the books, it's at McElroyShows.com slash tours. Um, we got some tickets actually going on sale Friday for Taz and Bim Bam for Portland and Seattle. So oh, great. Uh, if you live there, you can go get those. And I think that's about it, huh? Yeah, that's about it. Well, that's about it, partner. Let's just keep saying that's about it, but do like different accents. Hey, hey, Griffin. Yeah. Uh, L Y. Oh. A. L. H. Love your ass, love hunk, Rachel. <laughs> we're doing a podcast. People listen to this. Pervert. Just <laughs> love you a lot, husband. If you had a yearbook now, I would sign it, and that's what I would write. What would I be? What would the yearbook contain? Me? Just one picture of you. Just one big picture? I think that's what, like, funerals are. <laughs> Bye. Money won't pay. Money won't pay. Money won't pay. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Hey, have you checked out the Max Fun Store recently? If you head to MaxFunStore.com now, you'll see a bunch of cool new stuff in there, along with your old favorites. We've got a colorful retro-inspired bubble shirt, plus stickers, buttons, and a poster. Reading Glasses fans will love their new library book-inspired shirt. And if you're a fan of beef... Check back Friday for the debut of our Beef and Dairy Network merch. We've got all that and more from a ton of MaxFun shows. There's even a Rocket Logo skateboard deck there. So go click around, see what we've got in stock, and buy yourself something fun at MaxFunStore.com. <laughs>